Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. The group Black Lives Matter recently had a section of their website where they told everyone what they believed in and what they fought for. Before they removed it, one of those things was, quote, we are family friendly, which, of course, sounds great because who could be against the family, right? But they continued and it says, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirements. Wow. So that is a completely different thing from being family friendly. And is this any wonder when you consider that almost three out of every four black children are born to unwed mothers in this country? That is a staggering figure. Almost three out of every four black children are born to unwed mothers. So... So here we have a highly funded group of individuals that is working hard to destroy what they can of the family structure and turn it into what they see as something better. Well, in an article by Ben Zeiskoff, who's, uh, who writes for the Daily Wire, he wrote this. He says, as woke indoctrination floods America's public schools, parents are in turn flooding school board meetings to demand a return to sanity. Organizing against critical race theory, LGBTQ ideology, and forced masking in public schools, parents are rediscovering a simple fact to which a growing bureaucracy had once blinded them. Parents are responsible for the raising of children, and family is the context in which that occurs. It is for this reason that the progressive machine has mobilized against the nascent uh, revival of, of the American family, harping about parents, authoritarianism, and even calling them household tyrants. Just absolutely ridiculous. Despite the paradigm shift of the last few years, the American family presents presently finds itself in an abysmal state. The most essential institution in our society has crumbled as recent generations of Americans themselves neglected. Abdicating their responsibilities and leaving these things to the government is wrong. Here is a, here's a brief picture of the ground upon which American parents must now rebuild. First of all, population growth at is right now at its slowest in centuries. In, in 2021, the United States population increased at the slowest pace since the nation's founding. They, it, we literally increased at a slim 0.1%, citing decreasing fertility and in increasing mortality due to an aging population, the Census Bureau summarized this. It said that the year 2021 is the first time since 1937 that the U.S. population grew by fewer than 1 million people, featuring the lowest numeric growth 
since at least 1900, when the Census Bureau began the population estimates. Apart from the last few years, when population growth slowed to historical low levels, the slowest rate of growth in the 20th century was from 1918 to 1919, amid, of course, the influenza pandemic and, and World War I. From 2020 to 2021, conservative states saw the greatest increase in growth due to a relatively high birth rate and new residents from other parts of the nation. Idaho, for instance, witnessed 2.9% growth, while Utah and Montana each saw expansions of 1.7%. Meanwhile, blue states, due to low birth rates and fleeing residents, uh, topped the list of areas experiencing declines. New York saw a 1.6% drop in population, while Illinois saw a 0.9% drop, while Hawaii and California each saw 0.7% dip. The District of Columbia witnessed the most of, uh, of a- any area, of course, they're not a state, but uh, the, the biggest decline uh, even amongst any other, other state at 2.9% in a single year. Now, even controlling for the reality of migration within a country, there were more deaths than births in half of all states as of 2020. The number of states experiencing the dismal trend increased tenfold in a single year, according to the Wall Street Journal. In half of all states last year, more people died than were born up from five states in 2019. That was just just a few years ago. Early estimates show the total U.S. population grew 0.35% for the year, ending in in July 1st of, of 2020. That's the lowest ever documented. The growth is expected to remain near flat the rest of this year. Some uh, demographers cite an outside chance the population could shrink for the first time in, in any, any time that we've, we've kept records. Population growth is an important influence on the size of the labor market and a country's fiscal and economic strength, of course. The CDC uh, data reveals that the birth-to-death ratio reached a peak in modern history in the year 1954, <laughs> when each death was accompanied by 2.75 births. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? In 2020, however, there were only 1.07 births for each death. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Massachusetts, of course, all east, northeastern states with highly progressive cultures, uh, constituted most of the states where deaths surpassed births in, in both, of course, 2019 and, two, and 2020. Many, including... Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk observed that low birth rates are one of the greatest risks to Western society. Quote, so many people, including smart people, think that there are too many people in this world and think that the population is growing out of control. Musk, this is what Musk recently explained. He said, quote, it's completely the opposite. Please look at the numbers. If people don't have more children, civilization is going to crumble. Mark my words, unquote. That's what Elon Musk said. Now, 
the decline of American marriage is a significant factor behind the decline of American civilization. Currently, only 17.8% of American households feature married parents, a steep drop of 40% in 1970. According to the Census Bureau, the, the trend is attributed to low birth rates and a tendency of American couples to get married later into adulthood. The average age of a woman at her first marriage is nearly 29 years. In the 1950s and 60s, it was just over 20 years old. The average age of a man at his first marriage now sits just over 30 years old. That's that's the average age of a man in his first marriage is just over 30 years old. Americans are therefore living alone at much greater rates, while 87% of American adults live with a spouse as of 1960. Only 50% of American adults live with a spouse today. One of the most worrying and perhaps the most overlooked factors behind the dismal rate of the American family is the dismal rate of American men. 15% of 25-year-old to 34-year-old men uh, without a bachelor's degree lived with their parents as recently as the 1990s. According to the conference board, that figure has risen to 25%, one out of every four. For young men with college degrees living at home, rates increase from 10% to 13%. At the same time, men are opting out of the labor force at an alarming level. Uh, though roughly this, the same period, labor force participation rates, the, the percentage of people who either have a job or are actively looking for one, have dropped from 93% to 87% among young men. Michael Foster, he's, he's a pastor of East River Church in uh, Batvalia, uh, Ohio. And uh, he said, he's, he's, first of all, he's, he's an author of It's Good to Be a Man, a handbook for godly masculinity. And he explained that men must be encouraged in their masculinity. Quote, it's difficult to give disheartened and disillusioned men the desire to overcome the challenges of our time. I don't think most parents know what to do, Foster said. Many of them understand the economic difficulties and so they allow their sons to stay home. This, in turn, feeds a vicious cycle. After all, it's pretty emasculating for a grown man to depend on his parents for basic needs. The, the success of one sex doesn't undermine the success of another. God made two sexes and called them both good. A world where masculine men flourish is a world where feminine women will flourish. We need to scream from the rooftops that, yes, it's good to be a woman, but it's also good to be a man. That's step number one, is what he says. Now, as goes the family, so goes the nation. As goes the father, so goes the family. And Ben Shapiro, again, writing for the Daily Wire, he, he wrote a really uh, ni nice column and I thought really addressed some of these things. 
in in a um, article entitled "The War on Parents Continues," and it he says in it that in September of 2020, January uh, Littlejohn, that's her name, January Littlejohn, went to pick up her 13-year-old daughter from middle school. Littlejohn is a stay-at-home mother of three children and a licensed medical health counselor in Florida. So when her daughter informed her that the school administration had begun encouraging her to identify as transgender, Little John was shocked. Little John's daughter told her that school administrators had asked her about changing her name, which restroom she wished to use, and whether she wanted to sleep with boys or girls on the school trips. According to the district, parents were to be cut out of the loop unless the 13-year-old gave her consent to their involvement. The district state stated that the outing a student, uh, essentially to parents, can be very dangerous to the student's health and well-being. So, in other words, we're going to completely cut the parents out because it's bad for the student if the, if the parents know that we're trying to do this. So, so to be clear, the school would would have had a had to phone Little John for permission to administer an Advil, presumably, if Little John's daughter had been suffering from depression or anxiety in school, parents would have been notified as well. But the school purposefully av- avoided telling Little John about her daughter. Con- considering whether she was a, a boy or a girl. And all the uh, attendant a, um, acts towards social transition, all of which is often followed by hormones, uh, you know, replacement and, and surgery, the school not only felt no duty to, to keep Little John in the loop, they treated Little John as an enemy to her own child. This, indeed, is the mentality of the enormous swath of, of social left-leaning people these days. Florida is, is now considering a bill, the, the Parental Rights in Education Bill, that would restrict primary schools from indoctrinating children on matters of sexual orientation or gender identity, and would require schools to inform parents about minors who begin identifying as LGBTQ plus in school. None of this should be controversial. None of it. None of this should be controversial. Parents have always been and and will always be the adults with the most stake in their children. That's the way God designed it. It is parents who care most about their children, not school administrators, not teachers, it is parents who shape the values and choices of their children. But that's precisely, of course, what the left hates. To the left, parents are the enemy. Without any evidence of abuse or, or even any allegations of, of abuse, the left now states that forcing schools to provide trans, uh, transparency to parents about their children is a form of abuse. As California Governor Galvin Newsom put it, telling schools to keep parents in the loop is, quote, nothing short of a state-sponsored intimidation of LGBTQ children. It will put kids who are already navigating stress 
in physical and psychological danger, unquote. That's what the governor of California said. The left instead wishes to treat its own version of sexual morality and, and gender identity to, to, to small children without the messy intervention of parents, of course. It is indeed that simple. And of course, this has an impact. It is designed to have an impact. There is a reason that, according to Gallup, just 0.8% of those born before 1946 identify as LGBT. And and that just 2.6% of those born between 46 and 1964 do. But that fully, uh, 20.8%, here's the difference, 20.8% of all those born between 1997 and 2003 identify as LGBT. That reason is not evolutionary biology making a a radical turn or even additional tolerance for such activity. The reason is that our society has declined and, and decided that that belief in traditional standards with regard to both sex and sexual activity must be fought tooth and nail. Any parent who holds to those standards must be treated as a threat, and they are. Not, not to the children they care about far more than activists do, but to the new standard. Now, perhaps the new standard is somehow superior to the old, right? If the, if the left wishes to make that case, they can certainly do that. But the left does not have the right to hijack the minds of children and then weaponize them against their parents using public dollars, all while pretending that such activity is actually altruism on behalf of children. It isn't. It's cruel to children and it's cruel to parents. Now, to bring in maybe even a, a more of a, a spiritual type of uh, of uh, look at this at this problem. An article from the uh, the trumpet.com said that that Herbert W. Armstrong recognized this war on the institution of family decades ago and and actually predicted where it would lead. The 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 threat he wrote in 1976 was twofold. First, there was the the prophesied breakdown of traditional marriage and family uh, relationships. Added to that, he continued there is a widespread and aggress aggressive conspiracy to destroy the institution of marriage. As alarmist as that might have seen uh, and, and been, been viewed in, in 1976, who can really deny that today? Most people have followed blindly uh, along with the trend, but, but even among those who recognized it as a destructive drift that should be resisted, Few understand just why it is happening and, and what uh, is so wrong with it. Why such vicious assault on marriage and the family? Why is the breakdown trend so rapid? There, there is an unseen spiritual reason for this. The breakdown of traditional marriage and family relationships it was it has been prophesied in the Bible. In fact, it was a sign... Uh, the biblical prophets gave of the last days, the, the days right before, of course, Jesus Christ is uh, would come uh, for the second coming. Everything 
about our modern day dysfunctional society is exactly as the prophet Isaiah said it would be with women ruling the homes, uh, children uh, oppressing society and and behaving arrogantly against their elders and and people uh, parading the most heinous of, of sins with pride. You can read about that in Isaiah 3. You know, verses 12, 5, 9, all, all of those are there. The, the, the Apostle Paul prophesied of our epidemic selfishness and the uh, preoccupation with material things. Uh, disobedient children uh, also, and the loss of, of natural familial affection. And this is, of course, manifested in the, um, in, 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 in the massive abortion rate that we see. And, and, and other rampant problems. You can read about those in, in 2 Timothy 3, um, particularly verses 1 through 5. Now, the, the question yet remains, why is mankind following this destructive course? Who, who is behind this? How did God know this is the road we would travel? And, and, and how can we resist this trend and win the war in our own homes? Well, the answers have everything to do with why God created marriage and family in the first place. I mean, in the first chapter of the Bible, you see God uh, adorning the, the earth with all manners of um, of li- uh, animal life and plant life and, and creating conditions ideal for human beings. And then informed us, quote, and God said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, uh, him. Male and female created them. Uh, he created them. Of course, that's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Now in his design, family begins with the joining of a man and a woman. Sex is, is not an accident of evolution, nor an arbitrary ornament on, on creation. But a conscious, uh, deliberate choice, really, with design and intent made by a super intelligent creator, don't you think? The re- relentless drive over the past half century, in particular, to uh, equalize the sexes has completely obscured and destroyed the very deep, important reasons for God's cre- creative implementation of sex differences. Uh, homosexuality, in effect, cre- really treats this essential component of creation as if it were just merely decoration. Even a mistake on God's part, it's considered. But are you willing to consider the reasoning, really the logic in in his decision? This God who reveals himself in the Bible claims that his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's Isaiah 55 right there. Until a a few generations ago, the concept of marriage and family was taken for granted, generally accepted as as desirable, a a means of of rearing responsible children and and producing a stable society. However, even then, the deep understanding of why marriage is widely unknown, it, it, it it, it, it just boggles the mind. Why? Because this is fundamentally spiritual knowledge. Marriage is not a mere tradition. It is actually a sacred institution established by God and created by, it's God created for mankind. God intended these 
covenant relationships to bring stability into our lives, to teach us faithfulness and loyalty and to give us the opportunity to learn and to live unselfishly with others as a harmonious team. God could have made us all alike, never establishing a marriage, um, provided some other means of reproduction, had us born with fully developed bodies and minds. He, He could have done things any number of ways, but he did it this way for a reason. And to take it upon ourselves to redefine what a family is, to spurn God's standard and set up our own to presume that our ideas, which are totally contrary to God's, are in fact superior in design and in in the results uh, that they produce. This, this is the height of both arrogance and folly. Yes, this is war being waged over marriage and, and over family. On one side are those trying to preserve God's design, and on the other are those trying to destroy God's design. The, the, the truth, the, the, the true motivating and motivating factor and, and anti-family front is a spiritual being who first deceived Eve, of course, you know, in the Garden of Eden. Satan seeks to complete the, the complete destruction of the family, just to put it plainly. He knows that by destroying families, he can destroy nations and can blind pe- people to the simple, hope-filled truth of God. So he, he is doing everything he can to devastate what God has planned for us in our relationships, and that is the family and as marriage. God created... Uh, humankind in his own image and his own likeness. And the, the anti-family agenda breaks down uh, character. Uh, it tramples on the, uh, the potential of the family and it destroys the family vision of God. Thus, God thunders his message to the modern world. Woe unto them, it says in the Bible, that, that call evil good and good evil and, and put darkness um, for light and light for darkness that that put bitter for sweet and and sweet for bitter woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight that's that's Isaiah 5 20 and 21 Jesus also remind reminded us of uh, what what it was like in Noah's days I mean if you if you think about it you know, he he destroyed the earth because it was so wicked and so ungodly and but yet but yet, there was a hope. It didn't end in destruction. It ended in hope. And it is there that we find the solution that we seek. Solid answers on how to win this war on the family and on the on, and, and, and the war on the homes today. Answers are found in the Bible. And, and scripture covering marital roles um, would, would be like Ephesians 5 and 1 Timothy 5 uh, and safeguarding of sex within the marital relationship, that's Exodus 20, and the long life, um, the lifelong nature of the air, uh, arrangement, which would be Luke 16, um, even 1 Corinthians 7. Um, also among them are the laws and principles governing the, the parent and child relationship, Exodus 20, uh, Deuteronomy 6, um, and, and establishing godly government and, and order in the home. This is how 
even today, you can successfully fight the war on the family. Study and obey God's basic spiritual teachings governing the family. Even if one lacks a spiritual understanding of the spiritual purpose working within and how the, the creator of, of, of marriage designed it uh, and designed it to be with, it, it'll, it'll bring stability, harmony, happiness, and peace into your home. I, I would say this. Let me end on this. The destruction of the family and the, and the war on parents is an intentional thing. It is not a loving thing as some people would say. It's not um, something that's designed to include some fringe ideologies. This is a purposeful tearing down of an institution that God set up for a reason. It is something that we need to purposefully strengthen in this country if we are to continue as a nation. And, and you may completely disagree with that. You may agree with that. And I, I think this is an excellent topic for a healthy discussion. And you can always do that. You can go to our Facebook page. Uh, and if, if you haven't done so, you go to the face, Facebook page and, and, and like us on there and, and, and subscribe. That, that would definitely help us out. Um, you can go, uh, obviously, to other social media uh, platforms that we have. But you can also go just simply directly to UncommonSensePodcast.com. And again, thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.